So um, we're talking today on faith, hope, and love, and I found some neat images online. I thought this was kind of fun. I'm going to move forward just a little bit because uh, it's so funny, spiritual warfare, the things that can go wrong. I'm printing my notes, my outline notes, and I ran out of paper on my printer, and there was no more. I had some more upstairs, but it was like, oh, no. I anyway, so I only have half my notes, which is actually kind of funny, but I can I remember my what I what I'm going to talk about here. So, <laughs> okay. So are we is that Nathalie? We're uh, hi Nathalie. Everybody say hi to Nathalie. Hi Nathalie. So and then hi Mary. Hi again. Mary. Mary's on the other side. <laughs> Over there. Oh yeah, and I'm talking. Okay, faith, hope, and love. Okay, and then I guess what I'll have to do is signal to Bob here when we need to move forward. Uh, let's. Um, I'm going to be talking actually mostly about love. Faith, hope, and love, because the greatest of these is love. Uh, can you go to the next slide, please? Uh, John thirteen thirty five. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, by this, um, by this shall all men know that you're, you are my disciples, by your doctrines. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? Right? I mean, aren't there churches? Aren't there churches who? You hold this doctrine, and doctrines are important. Doctrines are important. Sometimes people can be wrong on doctrines. doesn't mean God can't use them. I'm going to give you an example, the woman at the well. John chapter 4, here was a person with some bad doctrines who had been in sin. But I'll tell you what, Jesus was able to use her to reach some Samaritans. She was imperfect, but she was willing, wasn't, wasn't she? And that's, I think that needs to be our attitude. I have imperfect doctrines. I have people, uh, friends who... Over the years, they disagree with me on something. It's like, you believe that? And it's like, yeah. And, and, of course, you have scriptures to back up your position. But sometimes honorable people disagree. But So it's love. You'll know them by their fruits, Jesus said. You'll know them by their fruits. Who, what, who and what are they? Right? Not, not by how nice, their, oh, how nice their suit is or something like that. By the way, I'm having a bad hair year. So I apologize if... Uh, uh, today I've got the tornado look, so um, <laughs> please forgive me and try not to stare too much you know, at my hair and stuff. And my shirt, I think I got the lint off, mostly. What? <laughs> you didn't notice it. Now you're going to be looking, yeah. So, and I even got my shoes on the right feet. Don't, don't look, don't look. I think I did. Okay, yeah, I'm working on it. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, First John 4:11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Love is just paramount to the to the Christian way of life, to the Christian way of thinking, for what calls us, what the Lord calls us to. Next slide, please. First Thessalonians three twelve. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love towards one another and towards all men, even as we do towards you. I have trouble with this sometimes. Some people who are uh, non-believers say or who are unloving or they want to use you and it's just where we have to pray for people we have to try to pray and um so we have to try to be loving towards one another and also towards all men now we're going to have imperfections remember what it says about uh, anger do not let the sun set on your anger we're going to get angry we're going to get afraid we're going to have problems we need to come back to the lord we need to try to be loving and we need to ask for forgiveness that's this 
These are all important attributes. It's character qualities. That's what God is seeking us. Uh, next slide, please. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I think it is so interesting. You know, several times it says, Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior, Lord. It doesn't say Savior and Lord. Lord and Savior. Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, we need to keep uh, we need to keep the commandments. We need to do what Jesus said, not just say the words. We need to do what Jesus says to do. Okay? Uh, next slide, please. This is going back to the Ten Commandments. Uh, this is in Exodus 20, Exodus 26. And show, showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So we need to love the Lord. That's true, not just Old, the New Testament. Old Testament. Love the Lord. Okay? Love the Lord your God. Okay, next next slide. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Also part of the commandments is part of the Pentateuch, the uh, the first five books of Moses, also called the uh, the Torah. The Torah is Hebrew. Pentateuch is the Greek word for the same thing, the first five books of the Bible. You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. We need to pray about this. If you feel you don't love God... Lord, teach me how to love you more. Give me, bless me to, to help me to love you more. What, what do I need to do, Lord? And part of that is what you meditate on, what you think about. Where are you getting your news? Where are you getting your information? Something, I, I'm, I don't want to jump too much into secular, but what you input affects you. What do you listen to on the radio when you're driving? I mean, th- there's, there's certain things. There's music. There's certain of these shows, like the early morning shows, that please don't listen to them. Oh, my goodness. What are you putting inside your soul, right? So if you want to love God more, you need to put things in, into your soul, Bible teaching. things. When I drove west, I did a trip. Most of my, my family's on the west coast. I took uh, Dr. Chuck Missler's Daniel series with me, and I've heard it a couple times before. But I love Dr. Missler's teachings. And I just, for hours and hours, I can't do it all the time. I mean, because it's just too much. I can't, it's just too much to... Put in, but I could listen maybe half the time. Just listen to all these hour hours of teach hours and hours of teaching. You know, when you're driving, what are you putting in your soul? Do you have some teaching, good Christian teaching by Chuck Smith or Chuck Missler or some excellent teachers out there, obviously? But to put this into your soul, this will help you. To, to even if you don't remember it consciously, it still becomes part of you. Okay, next slide. Now this is Jesus. They asked him, what is the most important commandment? Mark twelve thirty. Jesus talking, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. He actually adds one more, one more dimension that wasn't in Deuteronomy. The New Testament is in some ways a completion of the Old Testament. There's many things that aren't explained in the Old Testament that, that don't become apparent don't become clear until the New Testament. There's many things like like that. But so the greatest commandment, we need to love God. Uh, most of you know, probably everybody here knows this. I'm looking around here uh, to see if the people, uh, that I lived in Berkeley for five years. They love animals in Berkeley. They love their gardens. It's the nicest city to walk around in. Berkeley is beautiful gardens. Animals, if you're, exactly, people. They've completely forgotten about God. And people... There, it's just not a love. If you're an animal, you're going to get lots of love and lots of attention. 
But if you're a human and they just ignore God, it's like Satan has taken people and turned their value system upside down. I'm a good person because I feed the cats in the neighborhood. I'm a good person. That's not a bad thing to do. That's a good thing to do. Wait a minute. What's, what's our priorities? Our priorities, normalcy, should be what Jesus said is normal. Love God first. Love humans next. Now, if you, now we should take care of our environment. We should be caring and loving. We should recycle. I know my garbage collectors, actually, because if I hear them coming, I'll run out with a can of soda. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off track here. If I'll come out with a can of soda in the summer and give them a cold root beer or ginger ale or something like that. And so they they go, hey, thank you, thank you, because they're 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 just you know going. But I, what is the Bible? Oh, we haven't got to the next commandment yet. But the first one, love God your heart, soul, mind, strength. Next slide, please. Mark uh, twelve thirty one. This is the next verse. The second is like, namely this: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So look look for opportunities to give. Look for opportunities to be loving. Right. That's what we need to do. Try to do it. We're going to fail. We're going to, we're, we're going to uh, not but, uh, practice this, but we need to try. I'm going to give you an example that, I, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever given this before. When you go to the store, you go into Schnucks or you go into Myers or Home Depot or wherever you're going, do you park in the absolute closest parking space? Don't raise your hand. Most of us do. But wait a minute. If I'm trying to do what the Bible says to do, and I'm, I'm healthy, I'm fine, why not park a little further away? Because I, I want to try and give preference to others, right? I'm trying to love others, right? I mean, it's just, I taught my son to do that too, right? So we, you park just a little further, why not? And then it leave the best park for people, because there are people who need it, not just, you know, they have the handicapped spots. A few places have spot for if a woman's pregnant or something like that. But I mean, why not, as a practice, park just a little further away? It's, just, it's a minor thing. But it's just like if I'm trying to do what the Bible says to do, isn't that what, what we should try and do? Someone's trying to merge into traffic. Do you move one lane over so they can get in, right? Isn't that what we should try to do, right? Okay, I know these are maybe odd examples. Let, okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, now, this is kind of the, uh, the verse here that I'm, I'm going off of because uh, now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Of course, King James says charity, but in the last 400 years, uh, words have changed meaning just a little bit. The word charity is a good word because we tend to think of charity. Oh, these are people who are less, uh, who have less, who need more, who I can help. And if we think about that, that I'm trying to give, I'm trying to give to others from the from the blessings God has given to me. Scripture says, "To whom much is given, much will be required." We live in a time in history in a country where Oh my goodness, we affect so much of the rest of the world. Every everything we do, the news. I, I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Japan, and it's amazing how much of America's news is worldwide. If it happens in America, it's like bam! It's on the news in Germany. It's on the news in Japan, in Taiwan, South Africa, anywhere you go. It's it's really amazing. And so, what we do uh, just has ripple effects. Uh, and so, we need to try to be loving. Okay, and then the next next slide, another one of these pretty slides. I was looking online trying to find some good ones like this here, and uh, faith, hope, and love. So now I, I, I've been talking about love up until now, but we're gonna we're gonna transition now and start talking about faith 
But uh, so this is just kind of neat, you know, the beach and stuff like that. And let's go to the next slide. Okay, now something very interesting about faith, hope, and love is there is, is to my understanding, partially a time component to these. Faith is very different than hope. Faith is because of what has happened. I have faith because of something. So um, I've spoken, as you know, I've spoken to atheist groups and skeptics when I lived out in California, and it's like, oh, you have faith. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's like this is just a normal part of life. There are assumptions you make, hopefully logically, but it's just a part of life. Hope, you can't count it. Generally speaking, you can't count it. It's in the future. It hasn't happened yet. I have a hope for something. I have a hope, okay? And then, so I would define that as kind of future-based in a way. Love, present, continuous. Love is past, present, future, okay? Love transcends, transcends all of that, okay? So faith tends to be past-based because of what's happened, providing a foundation. Hope, hope's in the future. I'm, I'm, I believe, I think so, but it's very different than faith. Faith is a lot stronger than than we think. We've we've kind of lost that in our secular world. We've been relegated to the side. One of the main problems in our society is we have lost the intellectual high ground in our society. And so it's the skeptics who have the intellectual high ground. At least they think they do. Uh, next slide, please. Now, this links faith and hope. Now, faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is like a foundation. Okay, so there was hope. Now there's faith. Oh, look, this happened. The Bible is true. What the Lord said he would do, he did. Faith is the substance of hope for, the evidence of things not seen. There's so many things about the Christian faith. I mean, we can't see. We, we don't know. Remember when Jesus uh, says to Thomas, you know, put your hands in my, uh, feel my, feel my side, feel my hands. But blessed are those who aren't here, who can't see that. And here we are 2,000 years later. Depending upon having faith that what has happened and and that uh, the scriptures have been, um, uh, what do I say, transcribed accurately for us down through time. Next slide, please. Here's the same verse, but with a really neat wave. Is this entertaining, Natalie? Okay. Um, that was my surfing, the surfing part of the... Uh, <laughs> I can't picture you on the surfboard. <laughs> you can't picture me on the surfboard. Okay. Let's see. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The power, the power of the Lord. Just a little wave like this to us, that's overwhelming. But you think about that. Our God is the one who made planets, who made solar systems, who made galaxies. It's just really stunning. When you think, when we are praying, we can come to God anytime we want. We can pray to the living God, the God who made all of this. Isn't that just incredible? Okay, uh, next slide, please. Now, I want to make a contrast here. Okay, these are several verses. This is Hebrews 11. Okay, we just looked at the first verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel. Next verse. By faith, Enoch. Next one. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. And there are other ones in between these. It's by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. 
Okay, and next slide, which underlines faith, do, 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 all the way down. Now, the, the, I know that I, I, in my past messages, I've often been very technical. I have to try to not do that, but that's often how I see the scriptures. I look at the, the, the incredible uh, structure within the Bible. It's, and and it's, not, it's, not, it's not evident unless you start studying. It's like, why is this here? Why did God do this this way? Here's by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Next slide, please. But in the Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, in the entire Old Testament, which is like two-thirds or three-fourths of the whole Bible, the Hebrew word for faith in the Old Testament is only used two times. Look it up in a Strong's, in a strongly exhausting concordance, Strong's exhaustive concordance, or Young's, and you will see that the Hebrew word faith in the entire Old Testament is only used two times. Next slide, please. Once in a positive way and once in a negative way. So the um, Deuteronomy one on top, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 32.20, and he said, oh, this is where I, I lose my notes. Okay, so uh, he said, I will hide my face from them. See, I will see what their end shall be. For they're, they're a very froward generation. Children is, is in whom is no faith. And then Habakkuk 2.4, or Habakkuk, uh, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith, or the just shall live by his faith. This was the verse that uh, caused Martin Luther so much consternation. The just shall live by faith. Because at that time, Christianity, the official church uh, at that time, had fallen so far down. Christianity was, you know, doing penance, paying money to the church, doing these things, going on a, a pilgrimage somewhere, hitting yourself with whips and stuff. And, and, I mean, it's just what Christianity had fallen so far from what the Bible said. But here was this verse in the Old Testament. The just shall live by faith. And as I said, in the Old Testament, in the structure of the Scriptures, these are the only two times that the word faith is used in the Hebrew. Now, you will find some modern translations that will put the word faith in, but that's because they're taking some liberties with the text. But in the original Hebrew, the Hebrew word for faith, it's actually only there two times. Um, Can we get uh, next slide, please? And um, so here's Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. Uh, the just shall live by his faith. So three times in the New Testament, that verse is quoted, and it's used as a pivotal verse for the text which follows. In Romans, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians, the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews, the just shall live by faith. Okay? So it's just very interesting. This is a main theme. It's drawing from this little mustard seed, you could almost say, from the Old Testament. This, this here, that, that faith is going to happen. But what's different between the... I'm going to ask a question here. Natalie, you can answer too if you want. Um, what's the difference between the Old Testament? What happened that's different between the Old Testament and the New Testament? What happened? I'm going to give you a hint. A sacrifice was made. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. That changed everything. The price was paid. It changed everything. In the Old Testament, they're hoping. It's the hope, the hope, the hope. So until that happens, the breaking point in time, okay? Uh, actually, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of my message here. But, but faith, 
became much more real once the price was paid. Let's go to the next slide, please. Okay, so uh, this is kind of a little, I'm going on a side trip, we're coming back. Uh, John 19, 19, who wrote, who wrote the title that was above Jesus' name? It was Pilate, the, the representative of the most powerful empire on earth at that time. Our human actions, what we do, our kingdoms, our communities, it has an impact. I don't know why. It's just, it is kind of, I shouldn't say I don't know why. It's kind of odd. It's kind of important. What happened on, okay, that's Pilate, okay? So he writes, he, he writes a title on the top of the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And that was in Greek, in Roman, and in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, it forms an acrostic, which is Y-H-B-H, Jesus, Nazareth, King, Jews, which is Yahweh, okay, Yahweh or, uh, or Jehovah, depending on how you want to transliterate. There's actually no J sound in Hebrew, but it, that's how we transliterate into English. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The Pharisees hated it. They actually told him, no, change it. He called himself King of the Jews. What I have written, I have written. Now, I think that's true in ancient times. It's true in modern times, too. What happened on the 50th anniversary of Israel becoming a nation in the modern world? I'll give you a hint. The media hates him. <laughs> Trump moved our embassy, the embassy of the most powerful country in the world, to Jerusalem for Israel. I think that's important. I think that's a... That is an important step. It, it, it's a recognition there that, that, that Israel, and why are human kingdoms, why is this important? I, there, I think there's a lot of things there we don't know. You can jump back to Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, right? Uh, he actually, I, I've told people before, did you know a Gentile king wrote an, a chapter of the Old Testament? People are like, you, you're kidding, you're joking. You, that, no, he didn't. What are you talking about? Nebuchadnezzar wrote Daniel chapter 4. And he tells the whole world, the God of Israel is the God is the Creator God. He's and he sent this out throughout his entire empire, which Babylon was the most powerful empire in the world at that time. So, why? I think there's so many mysteries in Scripture. Again, I'm trying not to get too technical. To me, it's fascinating. Some of these things which we don't know in the next life. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, now that now it makes sense. There will be so many things. Okay, now uh, each each of the four Gospels gives us different details of, of what happened when Jesus was on the cross, okay? Now, uh, the skeptics love to say, oh, that proves the Bible's full of contradictions. No, it, it proves that you had people standing, recording it as they saw it, as they witnessed it. And in the John uh, account, John 19.30, when Jesus had received the vinegar, he says, it is finished, totelestai. It is complete. The price has been paid. It could also be translated it is finished he bowed his head and gave up the ghost and uh, next slide please and uh, the the temple the curtain separating the holy of holies in the temple is torn in two that's in three of the four gospels isn't that amazing uh, it's uh, an excellent study to do sometimes is what things are in only one gospel what's in two what's in three what's in four this is in three of the four gospels it's that important the temple was torn from top to bottom. It says there's earthquakes. The temple was torn. The sun was darkened. The veil of the temple was 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 t- torn in the midst. If you'd been a Pharisee at that, well, let's not say we were Pharisees. If you'd been a <laughs> God-fearing Jew at that time, and then they come out of the temple and go, hey, I think something went wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, can we get some uh, needle and thread in here real quick? <laughs> we got a problem. 
right? I mean, this is, everything had changed. That, and to my understanding, that is the dividing point of history. So in the Old Testament, you had hope, you had hope, you had hope. Now the price has been paid for our sins, right? Jesus paid the price for our sins. And then, and, and now we have faith. Now faith can be used. Uh, next slide, please. Okay, this is, first, this is John. First chapter of John, which in some ways, I know it's the third book of the New Testament. In some ways, it could be the first book of the New Testament. Okay, because John 1, 1 starts, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right, that's how John starts. Genesis starts, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's a, there's a parallel there. Anyway, in the verses that follow, this is verses 10 through 12, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came to his own, his own received him not. He was shunned by the chosen people, at least before. They're coming to know him now, though. It's happening all around us. Okay? But as many as received him, him to them he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There, praise God is right. That is a qualitative difference. A qualitative difference between, within the believer, within the believer, now that the price has been paid. All through the Old Testament, after Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were sons of God and the angels, okay, because they were direct creations of God. All through the Old Testament after that is son of man, son of man, son of man. Even Jesus uses that term, son of man, son of man, okay? But, or son of David often is used for Jesus sometimes. Sons of God does not happen for humans until the price has been paid, and now we can be called sons of God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. <laughs> okay, I guess Steve's going to lead singing, not me. Okay, so, uh, okay, next slide, please. Now, again, I'm on a tangent, but just briefly, because I, I, I completely link the Old and New Testament. As Christians, we often focus so much on the New Testament. I believe sometimes it's important to, to hold, bring them together. They're different styles. Uh, and one is before and one is after. The price has been paid. But uh, this is Genesis 6, 1 and 2, 3 and 4. You can read this yourselves, and I'm sure you've read it before. There's a distinction then between sons of God and daughters of men. Sons of God, I would claim technically in the Hebrew, that's different. It's not humans. Sons of God would mean angels at this point. Okay, They did, they did something very evil, very wrong. Uh, and so... Uh, sons of God took of the daughters of men, took whichever ones they want, and then they had um, uh, children who were uh, very powerful. Now, in the Greek mythology, in Norse mythology, uh, American Indians, some of them, it's interesting to see that there are legends of gods taking human women. It, that's, isn't that interesting? Is that part of ancient human history that's been remembered kind of in a, in a, in a half form. It's been, it's been remembered. We, again, the Bible doesn't talk about it very much. We know that the, the term that's used is Nephilim. I don't want to get off on that tangent too much, but it's important to make that distinction, sons of God and sons of men, okay? And so uh, anyway, there were giants in there those days, and they, they took who, who they wanted. Um, when I lived in Japan, I lived in Tokyo for five years. It's not a Christian country. You see things on TV which you would not see 
in America, or I should say you would not see in the West, in Canada, Germany, France, or something. And some of it's like paranormal activity. Well, maybe you see it now. I, I don't watch TV, but, um, I mean, paranormal activity. Like, I remember one time, or actually a couple times, this guy would be there, and he'd use mind power, and he'd, and there'd be a row of people, and their arms are all linked. They're not touching them. He's not touching them at all. They go mind, Japanese. It's all in Japanese, obviously. Uh, but I could speak Japanese back then, so I was pretty good, actually go, mind power, and he would hold out his hands, and all these people, and he's not touching them at all, and they'd all start falling falling down, falling backwards. Yeah, unclean spirits, or, alien, or uh, aliens, is that what you said? No, Benny Hinn, yeah, Benny Hinn, yeah. So, I mean, there is power. There are faith healings on both sides. God can do faith healings. Well, Satan can also. It's a very good book. Uh, if you don't know anything about this subject, this is actually a very good book called The Beautiful Side of Evil. Uh, I think the author is a woman who wrote it. Uh, Joanna Michelson, I think is her name, M-I-C-H-E-L-S-O-N. If you've never read anything, just to uh, to uh, inoculate yourself a little bit about this, because there are many Satan worshipers and witches, Wicca, who have seen more miracles than most Christians. And I'll tell you what, the dark side has uh, that ability to do healings or false healings or partial things and um anyway the beautiful side of evil she was uh, uh, just very briefly she's an american woman who was living in mexico her family's in america mexico she's a teenage girl and she started helping this faith healer and she thought it was of god and no it was it was really uh it was an evil spirit who was doing these things uh and um anyway it's it's an interesting book she has Many things. She later comes to the U.S. to go to university and stuff, and then she finally uh, gets attached to. She goes to Europe, the Francis Schaeffer Institute, and she's. It's like she's trying to become a Christian and learn about Christianity, but every time she opens the Bible, she just immediately falls asleep, and she can't read. She just immediately falls asleep. And so a woman at the Schaeffer house says, "I want you to um, read your Bible, but be here. Stay. Stay here. Is if you're in this house, you'll, it'll be better." And then she could read her Bible, and she accepted Christ. And um, so, I mean, these demonic powers, they're territorial, who, you know, we don't, okay, I don't want to get too, I'm getting way off the subject here, I'm sorry. But uh, the spiritual warfare around us is is so very real. And many people, many Christians don't don't realize it. It's like, oh, that's so far away, and oh, we don't need to worry about it. No, if you feel fear, let's say you go into a home or you go into a, a whatever, it's like you start feeling fear, Pray. Well, that's what you need to do is pray. Um, I was uh, counseling a Norwegian brother a couple of weeks ago uh, by Zoom. We were talking. I've, I've talked to him several times. And he says he has a fear when he goes downstairs that he's going to fall down the stairs. So he's going downstairs and he just has this fear. And I said, what do you do then? He says, well, I hold the handrail. So I said, okay, wait a minute. You're a Christian. What do you do? What should we do when you're feeling fear? What What do you want to do? Are you trying to reward Satan? No, no, I don't want to do that. Pray. Pray. You need to start praying and asking God for help. Train yourself when you're feeling fear or you're feeling something or feeling worried. You need to train yourself to pray, and Satan's going to stop bringing this stuff to your mind because he doesn't want you to pray. He wants you to be afraid. And it's just kind of a, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, kind of a strange, unusual fear, but that can happen to any of us. We're all humans. We have things that we're maybe afraid of or something, and so you you need to come to the Lord in prayer. The Bible tells us pray without ceasing. Okay, I'm getting way off subject here. But that, that's what we need to do is decide, uh, uh, you know, who do, I, who do I believe? Who do, do I trust the Lord? 
well, then you need to pray pray about this. And Lord, help me. Please protect me. And if I fall down the stairs, uh, rather than just me getting banged up, could you make sure I die? So I go to heaven today rather than feel lots of pain. Okay, I didn't say that to him. I didn't, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But, you, I mean, you get the idea. Okay, let's go to the next, next slide here. Okay, going back again. Faith, hope, and love. We're going to transition here to hope and just talk about that for just a minute here. Uh, okay, so uh, past, future, and present continuous. Okay, I would make that contention that this is a partial. I'm just, is a partial thing. Okay, go ahead. Next slide, please. And, okay, so I told you about skeptics. Okay, skeptics, and they laugh about faith. Ho, 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 you have faith. Okay, when you walked in this room and sat down in the chair, how many of you tested the chair before you sat down in it? See, that's what faith is. Based on your past experience with chairs and the fact that Bill wasn't laughing at you when you came in. Oh, he's going to sit in that chair. Watch this. Right? Bill wasn't doing that. Not this time. Right? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I need. Okay. Anyway, but based on your past experience with chairs, you just sat down. When you rent a car, right, you're standing there and you're looking at them at, at, at Avis or Enterprise or, or at, or at Hertz or any of the other ones, Alamo. Lots of them. Yeah, I better check out this car before I drive it. I'm going to bring a mechanic down here. No, because of your past experience with running cars, the brakes should work. They better work. The It has gas. It has, Right? I mean, you have faith. That is faith. Faith is based on your past experience. Now, let's move, move forward into the spiritual realm. We can't see. It, it's, it's a higher level of faith rather than just human things okay now i think the next slide is a fun one if that's the one yeah uh Bill, bob where's that verse at I, I'm, I was trying to figure out the reference faith is like wi-fi i saw that i found this on the internet and i just started laughing faith is like wi-fi it's invisible but has the power to connect you to what you need i just thought it was so funny so i put it in the thing here but that's see that's another example that i've used with atheists but what i've used is radio waves am fm shortwave the various bands of radio you can't touch them you can't smell them, you can't see them, you can't hear them, not by the human ear directly, right? Uh, you can't taste them. Did I give you that? I think I got four of the five sentences. Anyway, it's outside of our senses. Does that mean it doesn't exist? No, they they certainly do exist. You can get all kinds of radio stations out there, Wi-Fi, all kinds of things that are out there that we can't see or touch or taste or smell or, or feel or anything like that. Oh, no, I'm missing one of these. Anyway, whatever, whichever one I'm missing, it's, it's important too. And um, so faith, faith is logical once you start realizing it. When you become a Christian, you start realizing God does love me. God does care about me. Uh, now, he may not care about my bowling score. That may not be important to me, to him. But, there's, but what's important to us, he is there and he wants to help us. And he wants us to reach out to him asking for help. You can't see it. So for the skeptics, I say, well, wait a minute. You have faith because you have done this and this and this. Your car's outside. How do you know? I mean, you, just, you know that the streets are basically safe and it's not being broken into or run into by someone. It's just we have faith. Faith is a logical thing. Okay, we need to move forward here. Next slide, please. Excuse me. Okay, so hope. I wanted to jump to hope here. Okay, so and again, I apologize. My notes ran out of paper. So there's just hundreds of times in the Old Testament Faith is only used two times. Hope is throughout the Bible. Hundreds of times in the Old Testament. Hundreds of times in the New Testament. 
the word hope is quoted. Just a, just a few of them. Psalm thirty-three, twenty-two: uh, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Okay? And then we have uh, more. You have Psalm 130, Jeremiah uh, 17, Ezekiel 37. And so, uh, actually, I'll read the Ezekiel 37. There's a very important prophecy in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39, which applies to our modern day. He said to me, this is the last one on the page here. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. So uh, Israel reassembled as a secular, non-faith nation. They were Jews by birth. They were Jews, but not believing Jews for the most part. Uh, and so uh, Israel, though, is becoming more and more believers. There are there are churches. Well, they they don't call them churches. Well, no, no, there are some churches. I'm sorry, there are some. But for the most part, the Jews who are coming to Christ, they can't really advertise it. But it's they're realizing they need to be studying the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. And they're coming to that realization. Next slide, please. And then here's some more here of hope. This is in the in the New Testament. Oh, I love this one. Acts 23, 6. That's where Paul is uh, being... Um, He's got like two, 200 Roman soldiers who are about to protect him. But first he tries to get the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees against each other. He says, that's, that's a, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead. I am called into question. And that was one of the main differences between the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees was, do, are, is there life after death or not? And so anyway, by doing that, he sides the Pharisees and the Sadducees getting a big argument. And he's got over 200 Roman soldiers guarding him as he was a Roman citizen. So anyway, hope, 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 hope. In hope of eternal life. Remember I said that one aspect is past and future. In hope is future. Hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Okay, next slide, please. We're actually almost done here. Uh, first use of the word love, okay, is in Genesis 22.2. Very interesting verse. You have uh, three or four elements here. You have a father, you have a son, you have love, and sacrifice or being killed. Okay, Father, a son, love of the father, and sacrifice. This was 2,000 years into human history. I didn't bring my chart today, but about 4,000 B.C. was creation. 2,000 years after that is when Abraham lived. 2,000 years after that is when Christ lived. And then we are about 2,000 years after that, Right? So it's one-third of the way into the history. This is the first time the word love is used in Scripture, 2,000 years into human history. I, the structure of Scripture is so... We don't see it. If you're just reading along, you got to really be... It's like, why is this here? Why is the word love not used, say, in creation? You know, why is it not used? And it's just, it's just kind of odd. See, my thing's going down and down here. Okay, so... Um, so anyway, he said, so, so you have a father, a son. Okay, next slide, please. So here's a couple of images I found. Here's Abraham and Isaac going up. He's going to sacrifice his son. Uh, this is the only time that human sacrifice, except for Christ, the only time that human sacrifice is in Scripture. Here's Abraham. Okay, he had lifted the knife. Angel tells him, stop. No, stop. And then a ram is uh, caught in the thicket. And um, he uh, unties his son, and they sacrifice the ram instead. Okay. Next slide, please. And this is very interesting. I found this. I was kind of amazed to find this because this is exactly what I wanted. 
was to show this direct connection between Abraham ready to sacrifice his only begotten son and Christ, God's only, the Father's only begotten son, dying on the cross. I wanted to make this connection. And here was, a, here was an image that, that made it. And because it is, it is very important to see this, this connection. Uh, now, I, I want to actually let me mention something more about Abraham here. In ancient times, there was no Social Security, there was no welfare. It's your family that takes care of you. And that's true around the world today, most of the time. You're going to kill your only son? Uh, do you understand? Uh, this leaves you no future. You and your, wi- you and your wife ha- will have nothing. You kill- I mean, oh my goodness, this is their only child. Okay, so, so this was a huge sacrifice. Okay, next slide, please. Uh, John, and so I'm linking the John 20, or the Genesis 22 2, to John 3:16. For God, the Father, the Son, and love, sacrifice. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we have love. We have the Father, the Son, and the Son being sacrificed. Very, just very interesting. Why is that structure there? I, I just find it interesting. Next slide, please. Okay, I found this one up here, God, love. I kind of thought that was a neat one. And then here's a faith one, faith as small as a mustard seed. Look how small, how tiny mustard seeds are. You just need a little bit of faith and then, and then grow it, use it, okay? And here's Jesus on the cross, an image of Christ on the cross dying for us. Uh, just a couple more slides here. Go next, next one, please. Uh, again, back to 1 Corinthians uh, 13. 13, now abides faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Next slide, please. Isn't that neat? I kind of I found this. Here's a cross. Here's a heartbeat. <laughs> and then there's a heart. Isn't that neat? I just thought that was the best image. Okay. I'm-